buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got Wes, the sales whisperer on today. I had the pleasure of going on his show. I know we're going to have a ton of fun. We have some topics we may or may not dig into. I don't know, but it's going to be <laughs> awesome. Um, Wes is the sales whisperer, a pig-headed entrepreneur who re- rehabilitates salespeople, trains their managers. He's written two and a half books on sales and marketing. I'm not sure what that means. Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> but here we are. Wes, welcome to Sales Hustle. Gosh darn it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I didn't realize how big of a deal you were until you told me. <laughs> My mama says I'm special. Yeah. I mean, I was. we recorded on your show yesterday and I was like, oh man, I don't know if I can handle another day of Wes. <laughs> it's just too much awesomeness, huh? It's like yeah, two it's overwhelming. of Disney World in a row. Yeah. It's just too, too much excitement in less than 24 hours. <laughs> Man, so, no respect, no respect. I mean, you have written two and a half books, so that's a that's an accomplishment. I've probably written seven because like I have like half of a bunch kind of out there. So like if I combine them all, it's probably a lot more than that. Why don't you just take all the half books and put them together and just call it a series? <laughs> oh, because then it would be like a like a Picasso man. It'd be just all kind of weird stuff. No, uh-uh. yeah, it'd be a masterpiece, <laughs> masterpiece. A- yeah. After I die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Let's, before we get in here to the good stuff, um, and I'll preface it with this the short version. Give us the short version of your sales story. Man, I jumped into sales full time in 1997 when I left the Air Force. Um, I was married. We had a baby, had another one on the way we didn't know about. And um, I jumped in to be a stockbroker. Six months later, I was unemployed. I was on unemployment when my second son was born. Uh, I was on unemployment when two of my seven kids were born. Um, Started selling mobile homes in Mobile, Alabama, baby. Uh, Made exactly $100,000 my first year, 98 to 99. So it's it's about 150 grand a day. And I was like, oh, hell, maybe I can sell. What's what's that in today's dollars? (laughs) About 150 grand in today's dollars. So, uh, and we were living in Mobile, man. Our rent was about three sixty-five a month, <laughs> you know? So I remember January of 
1999, I made $20,000. Um, I was 28 years old. And I was like, holy smokes, this is a lot of money. And, you know, it was retail, right? I was working pretty much seven days a week. Um, but, you know, I had to I had a family to provide for and, and I was hustling, man. Was it just just grinding and hustling or did you have somebody mentoring you or what what was yeah. it that led to I mean, I, or did you, just, good, did you just do did you just do well with your back against the wall <laughs> yeah all the above I had a good manager uh but he was very much he'd throw you in the deep end you know yeah. he'd be there if, if you really needed him um but he was he was a hands-off manager uh it was oakwood homes he had a very good process and i followed mm. the process Okay, too many people get too creative. Uh, they want to yeah. reinvent the wheel, find that shortcut, look for that easy button. And while other guys were looking for the easy button, I was just following the process. And I sold 52 trailers in 52 weeks. Just like clockwork, week. man. And, um, you know, there were dudes there that, that literally lived in the trailer park behind the retail store and couldn't afford their rent. And meanwhile, I'm making 20 grand a month, you know, at least one month. Um, and I just follow the system. And, mm. you know, I, I was the only guy with a laptop computer back then, right? <laughs> um, I drew a map in Word or maybe PowerPoint, I don't know, just drawing boxes. And I had all the inventory. I had the serial numbers. I knew which ones were longest on the market. I knew which ones I had the most wiggle room which ones we were motivated to sell or the manager was motivated to sell that I could get a deal on. So I just, cause it's not like cars, right? We had maybe 20 units on the lot. So it wasn't hard to remember which was which. And mm. So I just, you know, I focused and, um, I just followed the system, man. And, um, made a lot of money. And so, when when you when you started to see some success where you're like this is it this is what i'm this is what i'm supposed to be doing well i knew i liked sales and i was money motivated right and mm -hmm. I, our manager back then so he had he had six salespeople, two office managers two setup crews um he made 40 percent of net so 1998 he made like Four to five hundred thousand dollars. Wow! In Mobile, Alabama, and he did not work long hours, right? He he rarely opened and he rarely closed, right? Uh, we were paid on what they called the up system. So the first guy in, we had a little a little tiny grease board, right? Maybe the size of a sheet of paper, right on right in front of the door, you know, on the inside of the door. The first person in put their name on the board first. So, I mean, the first prospect that drove up on the lot, that yeah. was your prospect. So, you know, with six of us working and usually, you know, typically one would have a day off, right, on, on any given day. And then we would work a staggered shift. So, you know, one would come in later in the day. So there was about, there was at least three of us opening, you know, three to four. So with four of us opening, I just did the math, man. It's like, if I was the first one in, then I only needed five people to come on the lot for me to have two opportunities. Uh, if I was third or if I was fourth, hung over, rolling late, whatever, then I needed eight people 
to come on the lot for me to have two ups. Well, that's a 66% increase in traffic, mm -hmm. right? Just basic math. And like I said, I had food to put on the table. I mean, one time, you remember Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise, uh, mm -hmm. NASCAR movie? Yeah. And he was like super competitive with that guy. And they had two rental cars and they were leaving. They yeah, were like yeah, leaving yeah. a meeting. They were going to dinner or something. And, yeah, and they thrashed <laughs> the cars. Thrashed yeah. the cars. They were like bumping each other. And they, and they, and they just show up, you know, at the dinner or whatever. And they get out and like brush their suit off. That was me with this one dude. He was, we were going, it was a major road that we were on. It was a five lane road, right? So two lanes and a, and a suicide lane in the middle. <laughs> And I, I saw him. Did just he figure out me. your hustle? Did he figure out your hustle? Like, oh, he's that's his oh, he, if no, first we were, one in. We were. Oh, yeah. We were both super competitive, but he didn't see me. And I was driving. I remember I got this old Ford Crown Vic, an old cop car, basically, right? Big V8. And he had a, this Ford Explorer. Uh, so I saw him and we were a couple of miles from the office. So I kind of I kind of stayed back. And man, then I gunned it. And, I, and he sees me, though. And we're gunning him, but I beat him. I was like, I got to get in first, man. He was single. He was younger than me. He didn't have kids. I'm like, hey, it's for the kids, dude. It's for the kids. Yeah. Uh, but it was just simple math, right? Know your numbers. If you measure it, you can improve it. And um, it's just that simple. I, you, you know, the story of, uh, you know, Charles Schwab was actually, he worked back in the day for Andrew Carnegie, right? Steel. Mm. steel guy and and they were trying to increase production they're doing all these fancy things and 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 schwab was like whatever got a piece of chalk and like on on the floor he just wrote like whatever seven you know whatever the number was and then the so the the swing shift came in like, what the hell's that and they're like that's the amount of tonnage or whatever that the day shift produced i'm like oh hell eight Day shift comes in. Oh, 10. Oh, so just by tracking, mm. you know, they increase production like literally overnight. Uh, so, you know, hiding from whatever number that you know you need to improve isn't going to help you. So, you know, if you measure it, you can improve it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so we, we now know where the sales whisper, his humble beginnings began before he became <laughs> such a big fucking deal <laughs> gosh darn it you're not you're gonna have to say that yeah you have to live up to your uh to uh to what people are expecting now so you got to deliver something good um all right so something you know we said we maybe touch on here is you know people just you know so you got to know your numbers so you can measure it yes right but some, sometimes I think salespeople are playing the wrong numbers. Like, hey, let's throw a bunch of shit out there and see what sticks, right? Yep. Or make, make a bunch of calls where they're not really that targeted or send a bunch of messages on LinkedIn that, you know, are just a pitch slap and, you know, may not may or may not even be the right person and see who bites, right? So yep. what's, the, what's the deal with that? And let's dig into that and kind of go over some, you know, better approaches of how people can, you know, be knowing that know their numbers but be measuring the right things well for a couple of years now i've been talking about doing what doesn't scale 
Yeah. You know, you always hear, oh, I zig when the competition zags. Oh, I buy when there's blood in the street. And it's like, bullshit, the hell you do. Most people do not. Most people do what everybody else does. They look for the (laughs) easy button, for the shortcut, hit send. And now it's my VA talking to your AI, your AI talking back to my VA or my AI. It finally gets to your VA. 18 iterations later, it might pop up and there's a real human engaging. Yeah. Okay. So, and look, I've made a living with sales and marketing automation. All right. Working through Infusionsoft and HubSpot, Entreport. Uh, I'm certified in all these platforms. I get it. There's a time and a place for everything. Uh, but what are you doing? You know, the old adage, you know, Zig Ziglar, people, they'll forget whatever the hell you tell them, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Yes. Um, and I'm a big believer just, in that. Yeah. When you get just a bunch of automation, people don't give a crap. They know you don't give a crap about them. Yeah. And then people will try to game it. You'll, you'll get a voicemail. Hi, it's Wes. Yeah. I was just noticing your profile. But they don't say your name. Oh, they'll send a little video, right? And they're waving the little GIF. Hi, I just wanted to make this video say hi to you. It's And yeah. it'll still trick some people. Uh, but I learned years ago, like when I get testimonials from people, I ask them that the first word out of their mouth is my name. Yeah. Because we're so jaded. Like, oh, that's a bullshit testimonial. It's not even him. So I make say, Wes, thank you for the conference. Wes, thank you for the workshops. I'm like, okay, I didn't, I didn't fake that one. Was you it know? the right Wes? Was it actually the sales whisper? Yeah, were they really right. talking about the sales whisper? I know. It's, but I mean, we're, we're jaded because we've been burned and there's so much fake stuff out there. So, you know, if you go to my website, you go to thesalesagenda.com and get my free tool. talks about how I control the sale. That's automation, right? I'm not, I'm not grabbing your name and, and, and personally sending that off. You, know, you can't do it. You can't be around 24-7. And there's people all around the world uh, downloading our stuff. So, so that's fine. But when you get a, a video, I, I use uh, Bonjoro and BombBomb. Yeah. Right. I'll send a one-off email or email video. And it literally takes like seven seconds. Hey, Colin, thanks for getting my download. Let me know how, if I can help you with anything else. Have a great day. It, it doesn't have to be super elaborate. I'm doing it while I'm walking. I'm doing it while I'm sitting at a, at a stoplight. So, I mean, just bang those things out. Yeah. You know, and it, You'll be amazed at the difference that a seven-second personalized video will say. I've got a, a chat on my on my website, and it, it'll ring to my phone. You know, I've been sitting at soccer games, you know, chatting with people, and they're like, "Is this really Wes?" Like, they want proof of life, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I get it, dude. Yes, it's really me. You know, it's um, and they remember how you made them feel. So, be yeah, authentic. Yeah. Be truly authentic. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm a, I'm a big fan of video. I, I, I use Vidyard. I've used Loom in the past. I've been thinking about using Hippo video. Um, and Vidyard just today sent me a, an email giving me a gift cause they said I'm a power user. Whoa. <laughs> I told you I was a big deal too. You're a big deal. Vidyard, they've been a sponsor of my podcast. So that's been cool. Vidyard is, 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 is great because I mean, I love that they just rolled out the LinkedIn integration, right? Because now you can only send a hundred invites a week, which is enough, but it's not a lot, right? People have been playing the numbers game. I don't remember what it was before. I think it was four or 500. And yeah, I've used automation in the past. Absolutely. But I try to use it 
just to drive a conversation, not to pitch somebody, not try to sell somebody, but just to make it easier to connect with more people, actually schedule a call and say, Hey, can, how can I add value? How can I support you? You know, is there anything I can do? Those sort of, you know, context there. But now you can only send a hundred. It doesn't really even make sense to use automation on LinkedIn because you can literally send a hundred invites in 10 minutes. No. And so what I'd like to do is um, anybody who accepts, I send them a video and those videos take 30 seconds and they all pretty much, I'm pretty much saying the same thing. I don't have a script, but they're all about 30, you know, 28 to 32 seconds. The message is the same. Um, I'm addressing them by their name first. Um, but little trick is, you know, if I send a video to Wes and then next week I connect with another Wes, I can reuse that video. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah. And look, you're a sexy man with great hair. So it, it would be an honor to get a video from you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's just simple stuff. People think they need to get the video perfect. Yeah. Hell no. And it's actually the opposite. If it's imperfect, it's perfect. Because then it does show that you're not just some freaking robot cranking out videos, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. That you're, you know, actual, you know, real human being, just you know, genuinely being yourself, trying to connect with other people. I know. Yeah, we've look at look at what's going on in society. I mean, the, the most popular genre of television for twenty years has been reality TV. Oh. You know, and but even that, it, people are seeing behind the scenes on that how much that's being manipulated. You know, but it's still very popular. You know, American Idol, America's Got Talent, whatever. There's so many uh, reality shows. So people, they don't want the overproduced, overhyped stuff, you know. But it's like people, they're so competitive and so fake and shallow that even the, the authenticity and transparency, blah, 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 is, is becoming inauthentic and, and opaque. Yeah, and even when people actually are being authentic and, you know, genuinely just trying to connect and build relationships, people are a little skeptical. Yeah. That's how bad it's gotten, right? Yeah. Is when you actually are trying to do things right, people are a little unsure, like, hey, what's the what's the catch here? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, what are what are some tips? Like how can we how can we change that? What's the sales whis what's the sales whisper going to contribute to the sales community? To, to fix this this problem um, in in some ways maybe it's not fixable right maybe <laughs> if you're just a, a cold shallow empty shell of a human uh, <laughs> you're gonna struggle right you'll you'll have some flashes in the pan and but long term uh, you'll become persona non grata uh, but you know you gotta give a shit um, yeah, you can't fake these, giving a shit. <laughs> you can't fake giving a shit. Yeah, I mean, in all these years, right? So I started selling Infusionsoft, you know, before it was Keep, way back in 2008. Um, and I told more people no than yes, right? I became an affiliate of AWeber and Constant Contact, you know, where you could start for $19 a month because I was sending more people there than to Infusionsoft because I'm like, this is not right for you. You are too small. You are too inexperienced with technology. You don't have the budget to have somebody run this for you. Go start sending a newsletter. Go join this for a year. Go learn about web forms and autoresponders and, and learn to write. 
and learn to write regularly. When you start doing that, go create two free reports. Go create one free report. Okay, then you'll be ready. Or we'll write two and a half books and then come back to me. Hell, man, write one small book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, good grief. I mean, the, the very first product I ever made was the seven deadly sins of selling. And so I, I modeled that after a friend of mine, one of my sales coaches. He had the 10 cardinal sins of selling. So I, I, I streamlined it, redid it, put my own flavor on it. Um, I, get, I created a a report, I think it was a 12 page report, right? But that included the cover page, the table of contents, the introduction, a lot of pictures, you know, and probably three upsells in the back of it. So, I mean, it was, it was what you Couple would have pages. done as a senior in high school, you know, Sunday night between about eight and, you know, 10 and 10 PM and midnight, you know, before that paper was due, it was, it was good content, but it wasn't some hard elaborate thing. Yeah. But then I that became a talk that I gave. I gave it at my local chamber of commerce. I recorded it on an Olympus WS-110. Okay, not a fancy recorder. I took that and turned it into a CD when those were still a thing. And then it became an MP3. And then it became a 30-page workbook and a 60-page workbook. And then it became a keynote talk. Okay, and so that's a thing now. I'm I'm giving that as a... Um, a preview. So I'm, I'm a keynote speaker in Orlando in September for a, a company. And we're doing a little teaser a, a month before that just to get everybody fired up. Here's what's coming, you know, and I'm, I'm giving the seven deadly sins of selling as the, the preview to the keynote. So here I am, you know, 13, 14 years later. Um, actually, well, I started selling this for 2006. So 15 years later, that that's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So you I think know. the the thing there is like figure out something that, you know, you know that maybe your clients or your prospects don't know or something that you have a value that you can educate them or give them, you know, answers to maybe some questions that they have. Keep it freaking simple. Don't overcomplicate it and just get it out there and it doesn't have to be perfect. And then maybe, you know, it evolves over time. Sure. And, and it will, okay? But the core of it doesn't, okay? It, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And this, I've only done it four and a half years, and the sport has already evolved. But it has really evolved in the 35 years that my instructor has done it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's evolved so much that we're going back to the basics. Because, you know, you had the fundamentals, and then... Things evolve, UFC grows, and guys do, you know, worm guard and all this 10th planet stuff. And and then it's kind of going back to its its fundamentals again um, because people got away from it. But the but even when the things were getting fancy, the, the fundamentals didn't change about having a good base and, uh, you know, getting the arm across the center. I mean, those things just never change. So, but... Before you can break the rules and evolve something, you've got to master the original, right? I mean, you want to be a painter, you have to learn colors. You know, you want to be a chef, you got to learn how, how you know, how to make a freaking omelet. Then you can reinvent the omelet, but you can't reinvent something if you never knew how to invent it in the first place. Uh, but nobody wants to master the basics. They want to jump right into being the, the auto-tuned, you know, expert. And like, well, good luck with that. Yeah, and it could even be as simple as, taking something that already exists 
you know, maybe elaborating on that, giving it your own thoughts. Like you don't even necessarily have to fully create something from scratch. Yeah. There needs to be some original ideas there or your own opinions or thoughts or experiences. Um, you know, but you know, take a concept and and run with it and, and make it your own. Dude, there's nothing new under the sun. That was written in the Bible, I don't know, 3,000 years ago, right? You know, so when I wrote my book, my first book was The Definitive Guide to Infusionsoft. Where did I get that title? Um, from Perry Marshall, who wrote The Definitive Guide to Google AdWords, okay? Um, I, I was a customer of his. I had him on my podcast, and we talked about this. Uh, he was cracking up and loved it, you know, because, well, even if I use the exact same title, you can't trademark the title of a book. You know, I think if it's some kind of series, maybe you can, but, but, you know, definitive guide, nobody owns that. Um, yeah. and, and it looked just this. I used the same font. He, his book was red. I used green, uh, cause Infusionsoft was green. So the same kind of splash. Um, uh, he had the Google AdWords cheat sheet. Um, I made the Infusionsoft cheat sheet. Uh, I literally took, he had, a, he had a welcome video on his website. I listened to it. I transcribed it myself. It was like a minute long, maybe. I said the exact same things, but for Infusionsoft, right? Hey, welcome. Yeah. I want to invite you to this thing. And I, I zoomed in, zoomed out, just like he did on, on Google AdWords, right? There was nothing. I wasn't stealing anything, right? The format of zooming in and zooming out, like who, who owns that, right? And, yeah. Uh, but but we think we have to be super creative, invent some brand new thing. It's like, well, it'll, yeah, everybody wants to be different or unique. Yeah, you, you'll or never special. launch. You'll never launch if you do that. Yeah, or they want to get it perfect. Yeah, right. Yeah, good luck with that. And then you're stuck there trying to send a prospect. Yeah, never launch twenty two takes later. Yeah, and, and it never <laughs> never goes. I like unless there's something real, a big gap or loud noise or something. I don't edit my podcast at all. You know, I exactly. chop them off. Do intro, outro, send. Yeah, you know it's um, that's authentic. <laughs> that's yeah, but, and then that's what people really want, right? People want the real, the real you, the real you know, full conversation, no edits. Um, even if you fumble in a video, just leave it, send it. Oh, probably half the time I'll get tongue tied on something like introduce. Hey, I got, you know, Colin, Colin, Colin Mitchell, you know, I just leave it. I just, you know, unless I can really butcher it in the first minute, first second. Okay. I'll redo, but like, I just keep going, man. And, and cause companies, they'll pitch you on, we're going to remove the ahs and the ums. Like, look, people are listening at one and a half to, to two X, sometimes three X, depending on the platform. Like they're going to zoom right by the dead space and the ahs and the ums. So no, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so, and so that, that original guide, you said you created that how long ago? 2006 or seven. Wow. It's, it's stuck around. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't change those fundamental sales mistakes. You know, I may have to update it cause I use stories like Annie Oakleyitis. Well, a lot of people now don't know who Annie Oakley is. Right. Uh, an old trick shot artist, you know, in the old West, she would literally, you know, shoot from the hip, shoot over her shoulder with a mirror. So, you know, the concept is shooting from the hip, you know, winging it. But, you know, Annie Oakley made it look easy. She practiced shooting from the hip. You know, most salespeople have not. Uh, yeah. But and, and, and even if you 
you know, let's say if we just, we keep using video as the example here, right? Is if you're doing it consistently, that's how you're going to get better at it. Not by, you know, take after take after take of trying to get it perfect, you know? So they, they, they did a study, right? I was, um, I was just reading this in the book. I got so many books I'm going through. Um, I would give them credit, but they, uh, it might have been, oh, it was uh, Josh Kaufman's. I was reading his other book, How to Learn Anything Fast, right? Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, the old concept of, of the, the 10,000 hour rule, right? Mm-hmm. Malcolm Gladwell came out with that with outliers. And so that's become the, the new number people throw around. And, and the number is true, but it's 10,000 hours to master something. You can become decent enough, his argument is, in 20 hours. Okay, not an expert, but yeah. and he, he gave six examples of like playing the ukulele, learning yoga, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he, he referenced a, a story. They had um, two groups of students and they, had, they were teaching them like pottery. They said, okay, so Colin, your group, you're going to be paid on the quality of the items that you make. Wes's group, you're going to be paid on quantity. Yeah. Just knock them out. And they had like whatever set amount of time, right? Yep. So when they were all done, my group produced more, obviously, but also produced better yes. than the quality group because of the iteration. Just boom, boom, just spitting them out. And the more they did, they got better and better and better. Everybody else, the other group was like taking their time and and they never launched. They never perfected their skill because it's the repetition. Yeah. You know, my, my jujitsu instructor, he's just... So like last night, I, I go to class, and I was the highest ranking belt there, other than the the instructor. We had had a couple of black belts, and I was I'm a purple belt. I was the highest ranking guy there, and um, and like I'm looking down the aisle because you, you line up in order, and I'm like, what in the holy hell is going on? I was the worst student. This thing it did not come easy to me. I started just before I was 47. Uh, I was tired. I was sore. I, I didn't get it. Things didn't click. I had a couple of arm injuries. I couldn't do half the moves for a year, you know, and lo and behold, I'm the highest guy in, in a class. Like, how did that happen? Cause I just stuck it out. Yeah. You know, and now I'm fine. I fought a kid last night, you know, he's 25, 26 years old, super strong crossfitter, you know, cardio for days and I could control him easily cause he's new. Right. And it looked like I'm not doing anything. I, I would sit back, let him do his thing and I would react and let him work and, it was easy after four and a half years of going six days a week. So it looked like I wasn't, it looked like I was winging it, but I've practiced every move that we did for four and a half years, you know, but nobody, nobody wants to stick around that long. They yeah. want the easy button, the easy money. And, and it's just, Looking you, know, for the you, silver you can make bullet. a lick, but it won't not consistently without some skills. Yeah, I love that example. I've heard that example. I think there's maybe a few people that have referenced in a book. There's an example with the photograph and the clay and, you know, the people who, you know, was graded on the quantity had better quality because, you know, of consistency and getting better. And, you you know, in any sales activity you do, you should be looking for feedback, reviewing what's working. You can ask your colleagues for feedback. You can even ask your prospects for feedback. You know, sometimes if somebody says no, that's a great opportunity to, you know, ask, learn more. Like, hey, you know, I'm trying to learn here. I'm just curious, you know, why, 
why were you not interested in this particular thing mm-hmm. and and get some feedback and maybe your messaging just sucks or maybe your approach sucks or maybe you came off you know as an automated ai bot and they didn't like it <laughs> you mm-hmm. know whatever the reason is you can you know learn along the way to slowly improve and get better and expand on whatever you know approach or channel or message that you're using right that's it repetition yeah that's how i hit it it's selling oakwood homes you know it's just I got in early. I got more ups, you know, yeah. and I followed the process. I did yeah. not deviate and it worked. Wes, thanks so much for coming on today. Appreciate it. Um, before I let you go, any final thoughts? Where, where do you, where can people find out more about the sales whisper and learn about how much of a big deal he is? That's right, man. Well, I want to thank you for your tip yesterday on my show. So um, <laughs> that's going to go live. Uh, I don't probably right after this one. So y'all check out episode five. I need my glasses. Five twenty three. It's coming out. Uh, you can learn the tip that Colin gave me. I've already put it in the use. So uh, I appreciate that. Just go to thesalesagenda.com. Um, easiest thing to spell. It, it'll take you to a landing page. You can hunt around there. Either get that that guide or um, you'll find all my social media links. You hit the contact us. You'll get a link to my calendar. Uh, I do a, a free 15 minute consult. Um, so if there's something there that you see that you like that, that might help hit me up, but, um, you know, just go to the salesagenda.com. Awesome. We'll, uh, include that in the show notes. Thanks again, Wes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.